Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. I've been telling you for a long time that save with Conrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. I'm calling some of our folks that we've helped out, really just trying to get their story. What made you come to Save with Conrad? The podcast. I mean, to be honest with you, Dave, I was working with Steven. Steven, man, (laughs) that guy was on top of everything. It really made us a very, very comfortable whole process. Steven was definitely a five-star. As public school teachers, you know, you're giving so much of your time to to help these kids out that don't have it. We're we're living a life in this house right now of luxury that, that we both are extremely blessed to, to, to be in because of you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think I reached out at like 10 o'clock at night, you know, here in Washington, and Conrad like responded to my email like within five minutes. He's like, we'll hook you up, dude. And I was like, <laughs> this is the guy I want to work with. You know, we live in an area that is not affordable for teachers. And as soon as I, I talked to Conrad and, and, and Steven, they were just like, well, we can get this done. And it was just like, we never stressed about it at all. From your end, you guys were just out of this world for us. You know, we have four kids. As soon as we found this house and reached out to you guys, it was just like, it happened. It was just such a smooth process. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it was it was the easiest process to go through. If you had a friend or a coworker that was looking for help, would you recommend Say With Conrad to them? I have. Oh, wonderful. I have. They're like, yeah, you know, we're thinking about buying a house. I'm like, Say With Conrad. And and what what a great thing that, you know, you guys are located in Alabama and Conrad is like willing to uh, uh, purchase a house for us here in Washington State all the way across the, the country. This is our forever home. That's and, and for you guys to make our dreams come true in our forever home. It's a dream come true, it is. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! You know, finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you got to hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure of actually shopping for a ring, the hassle, the haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, all the nonsense, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys have really grown to hate Steven singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven singer. Steven singer is a Philly jeweler. Who's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. 
He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no promo codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check out Steven at the other corner of eighth and walnut in Philly or online at I hate always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? You left out Beach Bum. Oh yeah, Beach Bum. We forgot about that part. In this moment in time, about five days a week, you could find me firmly planted on Pensacola Beach. That's worth mentioning. It's your favorite territory. We closed last week's episode with you talking about, you know, this is the best year and a half you ever had in professional wrestling, including the WWF, including WCW, including Jim Crockett promotions. Uh, and it's a lot to do with where you are and what you get to do in your free time and the quality of life with the travel. And, oh, by the way, when we left off last week, you're a tag champ. You got your first hardware. I wonder where those belts wound up. That'd be cool to have in the Arn Anderson collection. Wouldn't it your first belt? Uh, yeah, it would be, but I'm sure they're secured with Ron Fuller somewhere. Well, I'm going to talk him out of that. If he's got one, if he's got them, you need one. That would be cool. I got We got to get you a backdrop like this, right? You got to get your first belt back there. That'd be cool. Nobody can have a backdrop like that, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take, uh, the, uh, second place prize. You bet you I'd be honored to have that put in my trophy case, you know, cause that really did it. It meant something big time. Uh, and being, like I said, you know, at the close of the show last week, you know, it's now I've been to Madison square garden many times performer. Yeah. Uh, I've been around the world, egg dome, Tokyo dome. Everything you could do for Jim Crockett promotions, I was a part of. It's hottest years, 85 to to 88. Uh, but the year and a half I spent in Pensacola, all the way around, when it was all said and done, if you look at that year and a half, what did you accomplish? How did your life change? You know, what what are you talking about exactly? It was It was the greatest year and a half of my life. And that means limousine riding, private jet flying off the plane to Vegas, back to the West coast, back to Vegas, back to the West coast, back to Vegas. It's like living like, like Led Zeppelin, but it couldn't compare to 
work in that territory in Pensacola during that time. And I know that's a stout recommendation. It's the way I feel. Let's, uh, let's talk about where we are. Uh, we, we first mentioned, or we last mentioned, um, January 15th, 1984, you become a tag champ in Montgomery. Uh, about eight days later, you're wrestling in Birmingham. Jacques Rougeau, uh, picks up the win by DQ. Uh, but on February 13th, we're back in tag team action and it's Arn and Jerry Stubbs against Jimmy Golden and Robert Fuller. How would your matches be laid out with Jerry? You know, as a rule of thumb, we, we sort of grew, became familiar with, okay, if Ricky and Robert are here, here's usually the formula for the match with you and Jerry. Was there a rule of thumb? This guy starts, I tag blah, blah, blah. Not really. Okay. We were just kind of get in there and wing it. All we had was a finish when we went to the ring, um, and approximate time, which they never held us to. Cause things are rocking and rolling. You're having fun. You don't, you don't put a cap on it just cause your time's up. You'd have a rough estimate of time It's usually 20 minutes. Hey, we need about 20 from you guys, 25, whatever the case may be. Now these are two top baby faces. These are two lifers guys that are firmly established. So not knowing what you're going to say next about the, uh, conclusion of the match that could have went either way. Did you guys have a, uh, a tag team finish that you relied on? Oh God. To be honest with you, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it was a combination of a couple of our moves and, and more of a something nasty shot in the back of the head. Down he goes handful of tights, feet in the ropes, me in the back coming off the ropes into a DDT, some, some teamwork rotten way to win. I would, I would probably guarantee it was something like that. You know, we're going to start talking about Ole Anderson a lot here on Arn's podcast. And here's a little, did you know, did you know that Arn used to refer to Ole as rock on camera? How about that? No, not like Don Morocco and not like Dwayne Johnson, but like rockauto.com. Man, I've been talking about these guys for a while, and it's because I really believe in it. It blew my mind to learn that if you go to a big box store, they have two different price tiers. You know who I'm talking about. Some of those places that we all have to go to get oil or windshield wiper blades or whatever. So when you go in there, if you're a mechanic, you get a good price. And if you're just me or you, well, they rake you over the coals. What's up with that? Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same parts? It's just silly. Chain stores have these different price tiers, and it's motivated me to stop all that. So we partnered with rockauto.com. By the way, rockauto.com doesn't do any of that. Their prices are the same for everybody, and oh yeah, reliably low. In fact, rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. How about that? They're not out here popping up these stores and ripping people off. They're hooking everybody up, just like me and you. By the way, I believe in rockauto.com because like my business, they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So you can go to rockauto.com and you can shop for all of your auto and body parts and you can choose from hundreds of manufacturers. They've literally got everything. Don't take my word for it. Go to rockauto.com, type in your make and model. Boom. You're going to see what all they've got for your car specifically. And they got everything, dude. I'm talking about. Uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, hell, new carpet. 
whether it's your classic car, like we've told the story here before, I got my dad an old classic Corvette. We lived on rockauto.com until we got that thing dialed in. Or maybe it's for your daily driver. And Lord knows I've used that a lot this year. Uh, Everything you need is at rockauto.com and it's in a few easy clicks. And by the way, it's delivered directly to your door. I also want to mention rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I even got my dad doing it. And let me tell you, if my dad can do it, your dad can too. Tell him to go check it out. He's going to see the same price that you get, whether you're a professional mechanic or not. No price tiers at rockauto.com. Why spend twice as much for the same stuff? Silly. What you'll find there, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need. It's rockauto.com. Now do me a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the stuff available for your car, all the parts available for your car or your truck, and then write ARN when you see that old, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you one more time. Just go to rockauto.com. Look and see what they got for your car or truck. When you find what you're looking for, you'll see a little box there when you're checking out that says, how did you hear about us? Just write in a R N that way they know we sent you. And, uh, when you save some money hit everybody with that old two, two, let's get back to the show. So that match we were just breaking down is uh, February 13th, two weeks later, you're back in Birmingham, of course, tagging with Jerry. And this time you're taking on Jimmy golden, but not Robert fuller, but Ron fuller. And you recently appeared on Ron's podcast. You should go check that out anywhere. You enjoy podcasts and you can hear orange story. And, uh, it's a hell of a listen, but now in here, you're not wrestling Robert. You're wrestling the real quote unquote boss, the big boss. Does that change the dynamic at all in the way you structure a match or work a match? Robert was the baby face, baby face, all the little girls love. Uh, but the, you know, the guys, you know, liked him too, uh, cause he was been there forever. Well-proven good performer. Ron was the heavy hitter. He was the Tennessee stud. And when he walked in the room, he was about, hell, he's about six, eight anyway, right? Six, nine, whatever it is. He put that cowboy hat on. He's about seven, one. Yeah. And he was tall and his stuff, he would lay his stuff in. It was good and solid, but he was recognized by the fans as the heavy hitter. Things are going to change if he's the partner now. That was just the way he was viewed by the audience. Let's talk about the, uh, the next thing, because again, I want to give context. It's Jimmy golden and Robert fuller. Then it's Jimmy golden and Ron fuller. When we come back, I don't know, a week later, it's Robert and Ron against Arn and Jerry. We're clearly building to the brother story. How are they as a team together? Robert and Ron. Oh God. They had to have done it 2000 times by that point. I think as far as teaming together, they were on automatic. It was just like they just flew, they just flowed through the match, and whatever you brought to them, they just they just knew what to do. They and they had to have been partners, like God knows how many times. And it and it was uh, it just had a good feel to it because okay, now the two brothers are together, the heavy hitters here. Surely they're going to be the ones to beat these guys for the titles. It didn't happen. There's a DQ. So, uh, the fullers win, but it's by DQ. Um, the next week you're in singles action. It's the Southeastern heavyweight title tournament. And it's the first round. 
and Robert Fuller uh, picks up the win over you by DQ because you're a damn dirty cheater and everybody knows it. Um, this How is about Rob rotten rat bastard. This is interesting though, because I felt like when you guys were Olympia and super Olympia, you guys were good guys, baby faces. But now when you're wrestling the fullers, man, there's no way you're baby faces. You guys, especially with all these DQs, you've become a damn heel Arn. And you know what I gained in becoming that heel and being able to go out with Jerry every week, I got one thing you have to have as a heel and used to be in the business is you had to have the audience's respect, right? You know, they didn't rush to the rail to tap you on the back and pat you on the back. If you were a heel worth your salt, they were running away from the rail to get away from you because they were afraid of you. And that's the way it was those back in the day. They didn't have to like you. They certainly didn't have to love you, but they had to respect you. And that's how you stayed over as a heel in those days. And I think at that point with all those top challenges that we had had, and we were somehow still champions, even if it was getting ourselves DQ'd, it meant we were legitimate. We were for real. We were worthy to be tag champions. And our teamwork got better. It got more polished. He and I started to know each other. I could just look at him. If a guy had a headlock on me in the middle of the ring, and if I looked at Jerry and tapped myself on the leg, on the knee, and I shot a guy off and dropped down, Jerry knew when he came whistling by those ropes, hit him in the back with a knee. Right. Sign language. And the best teams had that and captured that. And just one look, you know, you could tell a guy what you wanted and he knew what you wanted. Let's talk about, um, because we haven't spent any very much time on it. You've mentioned it a little bit, the fedoras. This is something you had tried before. Did you talk Jerry into this and what was his reaction to it? Oh, he loved it. Okay. He loved it. He said, Hey, what if I start, you know, since we're not going to have on the, the hoods, what if I get one of those, one of those goofy ass hats? I said, hell yeah. Cause there's no rhyme or reason for wearing them. You can never, there's no explanation good enough. It makes no sense. And it was just, people just say, that goofy ass hat. Oldie used to tell me when we would be walking towards the ring, going backstage, why are you wearing that goofy ass hat? I said, are you hot? He said, yeah, I'm hot. I said, well, there you have it. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, it's been a hell of a year. Now, personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to. Maybe especially in the bedroom. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with blue chew. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue chews tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue chew is an online prescription service. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluechew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. 
Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and safety information. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Our promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how you used to build storylines back in the day here. I want to set the stage again. February 13th, it's Arn and Jerry against Jimmy Golden and Robert Fuller. Two weeks later, Arn and Jerry against Jimmy Golden and Ron Fuller. A week later, Robert and Ron against Arn and Jerry, this time by DQ. So the first match, Arn and Jerry win. The second match is a draw. The third match is a DQ. But here on March 19th, Arn and Jerry beat Robert and Ron Fuller. So these are the territory owners, the hometown heroes, the big baby faces, and I'll be damned if the heels Arn and Jerry don't win. We come back one week later and now the shit's on. It's a Texas tornado street fight. Arn and Jerry against Jimmy Golden and Robert Fuller, but there's no finish. It goes to a no contest back in the territory days. You weren't allowed to quote unquote, hot shot, something you had to stretch it out. So we're going to have a DQ. We're going to have a draw. We're going to have a no contest. Okay. Now we're cooking with gas. We need the heels to actually pick up a win. And that's what happens here. So when you get a win on March 19th in Birmingham, which as you said, was the money town and you are beating Robert and Ron and you're the tag champs. That's about as big of a vote of confidence as you could have had at this point in your career. Right? Everybody in that building because of the five weeks of history prior to it were conditioned to, okay, they've been through every combination of opponents that there can be. They've thrown everything they can at them. They're still the champions tonight's the night because that's the way we would have done it back then. Babyface is trying to climb that mountain, trying to climb it, trying to climb it. He keeps almost getting to the top. One of the rocks gives way and he slides back down that night, that build those opponents, it, everybody in that building could smell it title change. And when they didn't do it, they went ballistic because they couldn't believe it. They were conditioned as fans. Things are a certain way. Normally that would have been fine. If you switch the titles that night, it would have been because of all the uh, adversity that those baby faces had been put under, it would have been outstanding, but that's where they were so smart. If they, they could get another six months out of me and Jerry, if they wanted to, by us getting that one win in that situation. It's brilliant. It is. And of course, we're not going to leave well enough alone. We're going to come back. One week later, March 26th, the Texas tornado street fight. As far as I can tell, this is the first time you've had a gimmick match like this. Is that right? Probably. What are you, uh, I know this sounds silly in hindsight because we're fans who've seen, you know, a hundred Texas tornado street fights at this point, but 
back in 84, did you have to ask somebody, Hey, now what exactly does that mean? What are we doing differently? Um, who was your opponent? Jimmy golden and Robert fuller. Pretty much. I think I talked to Jerry about it and I said, what's off limits. And he said, well, really nothing. I just wouldn't, you know, do anything dangerous. You know, Robert, he's like, <laughs> I don't think he's going to like you hauling off, hitting him in the head with a steel chair. I said, no, nah, what I kind of had in mind is them hitting us with every piece of movable furniture in the building. He said, yeah, you're thinking exactly right. Basically, they will probably just beat the ever-loving piss out of us for most of this thing. I would suggest we'll probably both be bleeding yep. and probably crawling around on our hands and knees looking for an escape and come as close to getting slaughtered as you possibly can but still escaping with the belts so that I could come out next week and tell them what an ass whooping we gave those guys last week. And that was your heat. You came out and lied. There's, there's a couple of different truths. There's their truth. There's our truth. And then there's the real truth, but we always told our truth and our truth was we beat the piss out of everybody in the building to and from the ring. We held what you people didn't see is when we got around the corner up there, we beat up the popcorn vendor, the guy that was sweeping up, and four or five fans, and they would go crazy because they knew it was all horse shit. I I don't uh, I don't know how to ask this. Is this the first time you would have uh, used a blade? Yes. The, the- Other than when I my very first match, when somebody cut me. Okay, so but that but that's. Albert Bill Boaz. Right. First time I ever used one. Yes. Can you tell me, uh, who sort of is your mentor in that and coaches you up and sort of shows you the way, because it's not like you just figured this out on your own. Somebody has to say, okay, okay, Marty, here's what we do. Right. You know, believe it or not. I think the guy that showed me was Boris Zukov, mm. who didn't mind going coast to coast and bleeding to death. (laughs) And he had at that time, he was probably 310 pounds, right? You know, when he was his biggest, his head grew with him as he got bigger, his head got bigger and man, he would, he didn't mind gigging himself and he would bleed. It would be some of the goriest shit that, you know, it, it even made the boys sick. He bled so much. Wow. And I think, I think he cut me my first one and I looked at it and I went, wow, that sure is a, sure is a whole lot of blades sticking out of that. I probably don't need that much. Oh, come on. You got to make sure you, you take care of it. Well, I went ahead and taped that thing up where there was a lot less blade showing. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I came up with a philosophy that stuck with me. My entire life. Now you can look at my head. I mean, I'm not a handsome guy, but not too bad. Right. You know, what's funny. I looked it up and you're exactly right. Boris Zukov was on this same show in a Russian chain match against Jacques Rougeau. So he was probably, uh, zipping himself. Oh God. Yeah. 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 You know, he was, they, here's what I, I came up with that. I stuck with my entire career. They can tell you when and how often cut yourself, but they can't tell you how deep 
they don't have that authority. So for a guy that's been hit with everything and, you know, you kind of look, it's not too bad. There's a few deep ones when I was probably learning. But, yep, Boris, I think, would have been the man. So do you remember uh, where he suggested that you, I mean, I know that some of this stuff guys get a little uncomfortable with, but you, you break a razor in half, you wrap the other one of the ends in tape, and then you stick it where? On your wrist tape. Wrist underneath. Yep. Got you. And that's all the magic we need to give them for today. Sounds good to me. Um, uh, this match goes to a no contest. And then the, uh, next time we see you is April 2nd. And this time again, let's what we're talking about, what we're building here, February 13th, Arn and Jerry beat Jimmy and Robert February 27th, Arn and Jerry go to a draw with Jimmy and Ron March 5th, Robert and Ron win a DQ mat a win by DQ over Arn and Jerry. And now we finally get the heels to get a win. Arn and Jerry beat the Fullers on March 19th. A week later, the Texas tornado street fight, but it goes to a no contest. So we don't have any resolution to this issue. Now it's time to get the big payoff. April 2nd. It's a three on two handicap match. It's Arn and Jerry in Birmingham, Alabama, teaming with Sonny King against Ron Fuller and Andre the giant. Oh, so chat me up your first time being in the ring with, uh, with Andre. Is this the first time you met Andre? Yes, sir. Uh, Sonny King was our manager for just a minute. It was not long. Um, and I'm not sure what the finish of that match was. I hope they beat Sonny. Uh, no, no, you won. We won. (laughs) Ron Fuller has got to be the most brilliant man on earth. Because even though we're getting beat half to death in all these arenas that you just listed, we haven't lost yet, right? One, two, three. Right. Still Still the champions. That's right. Can you imagine the heat? with those people that are going every single week and we're beating every combination of their baby faces that they could throw at us. Yeah. The only name I haven't heard getting into the mix would be Bob Armstrong. And I'm sure at some point he will, he's coming up just a couple of weeks. So Andre, the giant, it was like, you didn't say anything to him. If he wanted to say anything to you, he did. Uh, I knew that he chopped and he did, you know, I, I pretty much knew everything that he did and I was just there to, to go along with it. We never got Andre off his feet. I think he went to a knee for us, which was a big deal. Yeah. He never hurt me. He would chop me and man, it would sound off and I would bounce across that ring. Like I'd been shot out of a cannon. And I think we sold him so well that he knew there was, because, you know, if you went to these territories and he didn't know us and never met us, if you wanted to take a knee out or something or, or take him down, it'd be a hell of a resume to hang your hat on. 
unless you got blackballed out of the business for taking the damn giant's knee out. So we knew our job. We would have never done that anyway, but believe it or not, those conversations happened in locker rooms with Andre. He would let you know that he was the giant right away. He would just, you'd try to lock up with him and he would just grab you under the armpits or something and chuck you halfway across the ring into the turnbuckle. And he was just letting you know, I'm a giant. You're not just so we understand each other. And man, he would chop you and it would sound off and you'd bounce across that ring. Uh, but he would let you know he's the giant. He would, it's, it's crazy. He would have you laying by the ropes and he would stand on you at 500 pounds. And however he did it, it felt like a 200 pound guy standing on you. I guess just using the top rope for leverage. Yeah. But he did it weighing 500 pounds. And it just was, you know, and he was, and he was a giant. And it was the only time I got to be in the ring with it. I would have been so honored to put him over. I mean, good Lord. But again, in his infinite wisdom, surely, and I don't remember Ron's promos, but it would have probably went something like this. Hey, we've tried everything, every combination, had every partner that, that you know, the best of the best, and we still can't beat these guys. So only one thing left to do, I'm bringing in a partner from outside, and it's Andre the Giant. Immediately, title change. What else could it be? Yeah, you assume. Well, Andre's going to win. Got to be. He's going to be. He's going to put all three of us, stack us, and then sit on us. That's what I figured the finish would be when we got there. And when he said, "You know, you guys are actually winning," I couldn't believe it. I don't know what else could have been done for you. Bigger than that. Do you? I don't. I mean, I guess we should add the context. You know, obviously there's the NWA world champion. Who's your touring champion. And that's going to be a big thing, a big boost to local business. Whenever the, the, the hometown territory guy comes in, but the only other thing that could be compared to that, as far as an attraction, that's going to move the needle and sell tickets is Andre, the giant, his reputation precedes him. You'd seen him on TV. You would seen him on. Uh, network, uh, this is probably before cable was, uh, readily available everywhere, but he's on the cover of every wrestling magazine. I mean, he is a, you know, it's an overused term, but he is a living legend here. So when he's coming to Birmingham, Alabama, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to be there. And as a result, he's probably making the top pay on the show and he should, he helped draw the house, right? Sure. And let me tell you, all I would have had to have said to, to get the people in that building Something to remember, folks. He's never, ever been beat. It's okay. You can admit it. You're skeptical about all my commercials about SaveWithConrad.com. So was Nathan in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. He left us a five-star review over at ConradReviews.com, and here's what he had to say. I've been hearing the ads for Save with Conrad on his podcast network for years, but I was skeptical about it being able to benefit me. But what was I wrong? The process was quick, easy, and has put my family in a better place. The service delivers all that is promised quick and easy as advertised. That's really what we do, Nathan. And thank you for your business. We greatly appreciate it at SaveWithConrad.com. right now. We can save your family. Just like we did. Nathan's skeptics are allowed and welcome 
But if you've got a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to take advantage of this opportunity than right now. What we're talking about is saving tens of thousands of dollars from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to get dressed up in a three piece suit for a two hour appointment across town with a banker. Check it out right now. Save with Conrad.com. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But what you're really getting is the peace of mind of knowing that you've got the best deal for your family with my family at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on, let's take a summer vacation from house payments at savewithconrad.com. Let's, um, let's keep it going and remind everybody a week later, you're back in Birmingham. This is a weekly territory. So this time it's Rick McGraw and, uh, Robert Fuller, and they're going to get a win over Arn and Jerry, but by DQ. So our heels keep cheating. Uh, let's keep the train on the tracks. And next up it's, uh, Arn and Jerry beating Rick McGraw and Ron Fuller. So we're trying every combination here until the following week. April 23rd, 1984, back at Batwell, Arn and Jerry Stubbs are going to be in a losing effort to Bob Armstrong and Robert Fuller, but it feels like it's, uh, it's going to be controversial, but bullet is here and he gets the win over you and, uh, and Jerry, and, and you haven't been in the ring with Bob, I guess, since you first started in the business, right? When you first went to Pensacola. Yep. And Bob was. You know, he was viewed just like Ron. You know, he was a heavy hitter. You know, I would say they were the co-baby faces that, oh, my God. And I guess there was a history of those guys, Ron and or Bob, turning on one or the other, and which had kept them apart during this period. And, uh, I mean, there was a story that went there, too. So they hadn't teamed in a long time either. So Bob coming back was even more important. Did Bob have points in the territory at this point? I think 10. Okay. I think Jimmy had 10. Bob had 10. Uh, I don't know how many Ron or Robert had. I just know that Ron was the major stockholder, whatever that was. Well, next up, uh, the tag titles are on the line this time. It's in Dothan at the Houston County farm center. Uh, Bob and Ron Fuller are going to get a win over Arn and Jerry here, but by DQ chat me up about the Houston County farm center. Uh, this is a famous building. I think this is the building that so many people talk about that had the dirt floor. Is that right? Correct. Cement dirt floors, cement around the ring, extremely hot, uh, extremely loud a long way from the locker room to get to the ring and just a single strand of rope is a barricade between you and the fans. Uh, and on a Saturday night, which Dothan was always a Saturday night, they were selling some serious beer and that hot arena. And by about the third or fourth match, buddy, you had a rowdy crowd Yeah, and it, and it was great if they didn't attack but many times, matter of fact, I got cut in the back in Dothan and uh guy just reached over with, with a hawk bill knife and just whoosh, laid me wide open. And uh 
course he went to jail and all that, but I was just thinking, you know, what if that would have been my juggler that he went across instead of my back? Wait, that was this night. No, one night. Okay. One night. And it wasn't this night. And I don't even remember when it was, I I think it was much, much earlier. Um, but it was just one of those random things, you know, probably had 10, 12 stitches or whatever, but it could have gotten bad. It was just a rough crowd, rough town, but it was a great wrestling town. And, uh, Saturday night didn't get a better night for, for wrestling than that. You know, Arn, I gotta say, if in any other line of work, you just casually mentioned, well, yeah, then this guy pulled a knife out and tried to stab me, but it was only 12 stitches. That's not normal outside of the context of professional wrestling. Like, I don't think if that happened down at the accounting office, I don't think that they're going to like report to work the next day. Hell, they're probably looking for a new profession period. You know why I didn't get angry? How's that? I did everything humanly possible to put him in that state of mind to do that to me. (laughs) How weird is this whole genre? When you think about it, I did everything I could do to entice somebody in that crowd to stab me. And somebody did. Don't then don't double back and question or get get pissed because I got stabbed. I have, I would cuss every human being between me and the ring going down and whether I lost or not cuss them all the way out and you were going to get punched and you were going to get people try to double leg you, try to attack you. They would throw batteries at you, you name it, but they were back the next week and they brought two of their buddies business. Always remember this Conrad baby faces, sell merchandise heels sell tickets. And when you get away from that concept, you're screwing yourself in this business because it's, it is time tested and a hundred percent effective heat sales. So take me back to this stabbing incident. We'll call it as you're getting stitched up. Are you just grinning like a possum? Like, look, I did it. I made a guy hate me so bad that he's in jail now. Is worth it. Uh, it was a feeling of how bad is it? Yeah. Oh, cause it was on my back far enough back that I couldn't just, you couldn't tell twi- twist and look, I couldn't see. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's not too bad. Everybody. And, uh, they said, just, uh, we'll, we'll super glue it shut. There's a emergency room right down the road. Just go get them to stitch it up. When I saw that it wasn't, it didn't hit anything important other than just some back fat. <laughs> Thank God I had it. And, uh, it scares you for a minute because it bled. It was pouring pretty much down my leg. And, uh, I turned around and I hit the guy and, you know, and it, it was too late. I, I, I thought he smacked me in the back. I didn't know that he cut me because it's a funny thing when you get cut or stabbed, you don't initially, your brain doesn't say I'm being stabbed. Right. It says you're being punched because that's happened. Hopefully a lot more than getting stabbed. Right. And, uh, and I, I turned around and, and, you know, once they hit you in those days, the cops, the local police were good about it. If you gave them one back, then they would arrest them. 
So I popped him down. He went, they grabbed him, cuffed him, took him out of there, but I'm still moving. I'm, I, I knew to never stop the old rule, which still applies is if you're a heel and you got heat leaving the ring, if you just did a screw job and you can feel the temperature of the audience, never stop, keep going till you get to the back, no matter what. It's just when you stop that you get hurt. It's just fascinating. This genre where a stabbing is almost like a job well done. Did granny know you got cut? No, God, I didn't tell her. No, absolutely not. You know, in sales, when, when a guy makes his first sale, you know, sometimes uh, other guy, other salesmen will walk over and sort of cut his tie off. It's like a rite of passage. And I think in good fellas, they celebrated when the kid got arrested the first time. It was like, Hey, you got pinched for the first time. Whatever. Is this like back in this era, the territory era, is that almost like a, a coming of age? Like, Hey, you did it. You're one of us now. No, it, it happened all the time. Believe it or not. It really was not a big deal. Well, you know, you'd be surprised what taking a double a battery and from the upper deck, yeah. throwing it to the ring and getting hit in the head with it. You'd have thought somebody hit you with an ax. I've seen guys split wide open. I mean, 30 stitches up at the top of their head from a double a battery. So in those days you tried to get heat, heat, heat meant that you would have a bigger payday. It was a direct correlation, how much heat there was in the territory to what the house was. And you didn't even talk in terms of, well, hell, I don't want to get stabbed or I don't want to get killed. I don't want to get beat up or any of that stuff. I don't want to put myself in danger. It's what can we do to get some heat to jump this house next week? Because when you're on fire in a territory like that and you're responsible for that heat that's drawing and that house is jumping every week, those guys were smart. The ownership guys, your, your check was going up every week. So it was direct correlation. And if you want to make more money, man, go get some heat, do what you got to do. Why adfreeshows.com? It's simple. It's early and ad-free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well so don't put it off any longer do it now you won't be disappointed start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad free at adfreeshows.com so the match we just talked about in uh dothan alabama on the dirt floor is april 28th on may 5th back in birmingham arn and jerry win the tag straps back from armstrong and fuller Man, not one go around, but two back where you belong, sitting on top, tag champ. So how long did they have the titles? Uh, I think they beat you on, yeah, April 23rd. And by May 6th, you're the champ again. Two weeks, right? Yeah, a couple weeks. And then, oh, by the way, after that, this is random. 
you're back in Georgia championship wrestling. I want to talk about that in a minute, but I do want to ask, um, this is not the more modern era where they're, they're flip-flopping titles, you know, like every week, but to win it back from Bob Armstrong and Ron Fuller, again, two guys who helped own the territory. That's an incredible vote of confidence. And I think under normal circumstances, they would have just ran with them probably for a couple of months into their next heels. They were going to push. They would have figured that out and start getting them ready to drop the titles to them to drop them back to us. Just meant that finally they had the right combination of baby faces. Now we're talking storytelling that on that given night had whatever it took to, uh, to, to yank those titles off of us, but they didn't need them for very long Two that would have been two TVs. And then to put them back on us, it absolutely was a vote of confidence. So just one day after you guys get the tax straps back, that was again on May 5th, on May 6th, you're going to scoot over from Birmingham to Atlanta, Georgia. You're back in the Omni, which we've well established was your Madison square garden growing up a Georgia fan. And you're going to be taking on your old tag team partner. Oli Anderson. It's a grudge match. Uh, Oli was of course a, a, a power player here in Georgia championship wrestling. And now you're coming back in for a shot and it feels like a one-off, but it's not, you're going to start going back and forth in Georgia. How does this come to be? Well, number one, Oli was the boss. He was the owner. He was the booker. It was his company. And I don't know if he had an epiphany, uh, uh, if he was watching our TV at the time and realized, hey, I might have left some unfinished business the first go around, you know, when uh, when he turned me babyface and the whole road warrior thing evolved and there was no spot for me and he felt like there was some money left on the table. I don't know what his thought was uh, if he just needed a match. And uh and we were red hot off our TV. Like I said, I don't know what, you know, if, if bookers or promoters back in the day would watch other TV shows, but it made perfect so- sense to me to just, that's how you find out where talent was. You know, there was no network. There was no social media. You'd have to watch the other shows to find out what talent was out there. And Jerry and I were used about as good as, as anybody during that time. So he booked me to come up and work some with him, a little mini program, which it didn't hurt having me off TV for a little bit, you know, with Southeastern either. I think you had previously just teamed with Oli. This might be, is this the first time you've actually wrestled Oli? Um, I think so. What was it like wrestling Oli? Uh, I was a little starstruck even at that point, um, in all very respectful. Um, uh, he was just a very credible guy in the ring. And, uh, you know, again, he, I, I owed him, uh, never during my career, anybody that was, uh, responsible for giving me a break or helping me along. I never forgot it. And he, he gave me a, his gimmick. You made me an Anderson. A lot of people don't realize what that means. It's instant notoriety. It's instant credibility. And immediately they know Gene and Oli. Yeah. Large. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's another one. Wow. Let, let me ask you when you're wrestling a guy like Oli, 
do you, do you go to him and say, I'm just trying to understand the, the politics and dynamic and just, you know, the way it worked back then. Do you go to him and say, um, you know, Mr. Anderson, what would you like to do today? Or do you just wait on him to sort of send for you and say, here's the finish and that's it. Uh, he comes to me or we don't talk at all. Or if I pass him in the hallway and I look at him and he looks like he wants me to say something, I would have just said, what would you like tonight? And if he'll, he'll probably just say, oh, we'll just go feel it. And here's the finish. Uh, we'll just go work. And we did, we just go work. And I would imagine in the Omni, in his company, in his territory, I probably did not fare too well that particular night. Got any results there? Only one. Damn it. How I was you, hoping you was going to say no. How, you and Jerry won again. How did you guess that? Oh, it was starting to feel good. I felt like I was on a run. I didn't know I had that many non-losses. And as a heel champion, a non-loss is as good as a win. Let's, uh, let's also mention that we've got uh, an interesting sort of run here. May 5th, you win the tag titles in Birmingham. The, the next day you lose a grudge match in Atlanta to Ole. the next day, May 7th, you're back in Birmingham, uh, where you just were two days prior. Uh, and this time you're teaming with Jerry to take on the Armstrongs, which is Bob and Scott Armstrong. Um, the Armstrongs, although they may be Marietta boys, they are over like Rover in Birmingham. Are they not? That entire territory they were. Yeah, of course they were. They're all very talented guys. Great baby faces. Uh, Bob, obviously, no matter what he told the audience, they bought it hook, line, and sinker. And Brad, you know, top five. I don't know, one, three, four, five. I don't know where he goes, but he's top five on that list. Scott turned out to be a hell of a worker. So, you know, all of them. Stevie could work. You know, Brian had a hell of a gift to gab on that, on that stick. They were all, the whole family were just meant to be in this business. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the rematch because you have this match against the Armstrongs on May 7th, but you do an exact, the exact same match, Arn and Jerry against the Armstrongs one week later on May 14th. And I guess that's important to mention when you're working in front of the same crowd every single week, the same building you do have to sort of take your time with storytelling because it's not like there's a hundred guys in the territory. So you need to slow down. Fair to say hundred percent. And you got to remember last week, if we got the heat on Scott and we worked on his leg the next week, we changed it completely up. Let's just say they trapped me in the corner and they worked my arm and tagging in and out, you completely flip the story so that your matches looked totally different week to week. And you would have to remind each other, okay, what did we do two weeks ago? What did we do three weeks ago? Uh, you know, I don't remember ever keep taking notes or anything like that. It was just, it was in here, but you, it was important to be able to wrestle and Matt wrestle because that's, you can't run high spots. There's only so many high spots you can do and you can't let the audience feel anything. If you're just doing a high wire act, right? 
you know, it's like you picture it in your head, you know, you're watching the, the guys on the trapeze and, and when they're going back and forth, you're just kind of watching. It's when they let go and do the flip and grab the guy that's coming at them by the wrist that you get the pop. That's your high spot. Too many guys forget about you got to get in there and get control of a guy and get a guy in trouble so the audience can feel or care one way or the other. One week later, uh, you're back for Georgia championship wrestling this time in Canton, Ohio. Ole's going to get the win over you here in 13 minutes. Um, Canton, Ohio. We've talked about a little bit. Why was that a Georgia territory? Why was that a Georgia town? Well, because Ole opened up that entire territory and it was Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia. He was running regular tours every other week. One week would be the Georgia towns. One week would be up North. And, uh, he had a hell of a system. Everybody would fly it. No matter where your first town was on Saturday night, you would do Saturday morning TV, obviously to be played back at six Oh five. Then we would shoot out to the airport, jump on a flight to Columbus, Ohio. They had a deal with rent-a-cars that we would pick them up there and we would finish the loop. Whatever the last town was, it didn't matter if it was 300 miles, drive back to Columbus the next Saturday morning, drop off the rent-a-car and fly back to Atlanta and start the whole process again, but with the Georgia towns. So that was part of his territory too. I'm just fascinated by, you know, and I guess the difference here between working for Ole in Georgia and going 700 miles to Canton, Ohio versus working for Bill Watts is a, the plane travel, as you mentioned, but B, whereas Watts is trying to land syndication, Ole's TV is on the superstation, which is becoming its own animal here in 84, right? The world is his territory, right? Wherever that TV goes, that he can go. We uh, and something something to mention here. Yeah. Just so you know the you know the way things were. Promoters had territories. They had a couple of states, two or three states, and it was recognized that that was their territory. And the NWA uh, promoters didn't step on each other's territories. This particular chunk of real estate. Virginia, West Virginia, Michigan, Ohio had been left stagnant for years and years and years. It didn't belong to anybody. So Ole was not overstepping any boundaries or running these towns. That's pretty clear. We need to to point that out. Uh, It was just left there. So he basically didn't have anyone to negotiate with, no one to pay a percentage to go in and run their towns. It was free reign. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here because I'm fascinated by, well, you know what, before we move on from Georgia, we teased a few weeks ago that we might have a fun Jim Barnett story, but we haven't told it. Jim Barnett is uh, a guy who I think probably doesn't get enough credit for his contributions to the business and how powerful and, and important he was. Because unfortunately it's just become a silly impression that everybody does. And I know you have a great one and I want to hear it, but the reality is once upon a time, he set Australia on fire 
and he's got points in Georgia here. And he is, I think dusty once called him a power broker in professional wrestling. And obviously he's, uh, he's partnering with Ole for Georgia championship wrestling. Uh, but supposedly, you know, he's making a ton of cash in wrestling Has the big penthouse apartment has a driver has a Rolls Royce. Uh, he's living the good life. What can you tell us about Mr. Barnett that maybe we haven't discussed before here on the show? Well, he's a very smart man. Okay. Very successful. And you know, if I tell the story about Alex, Wright, <laughs> That is not acceptable in today's world. Yeah. It's summer camping season. Let's talk about pitching tents. That's right. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where blue chew comes in. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost, you can take them anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready wherever an opportunity arises. Maybe whenever, maybe it's whenever or wherever, you know, the deal, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So there's no doctor's visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacies. And how about this blue Chew's tablets? Well, they're made right here in the USA prepared and shipped direct to your door, all in a discreet package. I got to tell you, this is a, uh, a delivery that everybody's excited to see here at the house. Remember when you were a kid and it was a big deal to get mail, then you grow up and eventually realize it's mostly junk mail or bills. This is a package that everybody's excited to get. <laughs> uh, check it out. This is for you. If you're looking for extra benefit, if you're looking for extra confidence, if you're looking for extra five-star reviews, if you're looking for extra wide smiles around the house, you got to get that extra boost from blue chew. And if you think it's time you use a little extra confidence, maybe you could benefit when it's time to perform blue chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew for free, for free, for free. When you use our promo code ARN, A-R-N, at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is ARN and you'll receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, there's been much said about, uh, Mr. Barnett's sexuality. He was a homosexual. This is a different time these days. It's, you know, whatever. Uh, but once upon a time it was, it was, it was whispered. It was a secret. It wasn't something you were supposed to talk about. And thankfully we've evolved as a society and that's no longer the case, but there were certainly, oh, I think he's sweet on so-and-so type talk about a lot of guys. And, you know, it's unfortunate that when any, whenever anybody brings up Barnett, it always gravitates to one of those, but it's like, Hey man, the dude was making a fuck ton of money in wrestling. So he clearly knew what he was doing. Right. Oh God. Yeah. You know, nobody ever said. Jim Barnett was not a brilliant businessman, right? He had only doing the booking. He had only playing the hard ass. If, if Mr. Barnett was home watching TV and he saw something he didn't like, he'd say, Ollie about that. So-and-so yes, Jim fire him, fire him, fire his ass. Yes, Jim. And he'd fire him. Jim was the money guy. He was the power. He was the owner. Oldie owned part of it. 
and only did the day-to-day booking, which he charged a booking fee. Now, this was just what I heard, but Ole was charging him like 250 grand a year to book, plus whatever he made wrestling was on top of that. And I don't know if he had points and got points pay as well, but Ole Anderson made a lot of money for a long time working with Jim Barnett. Did you uh, have any interaction with uh, Mr. Barnett back here in your, in your early days? Well, it's, you know, for some reason, for a period of time when they were changing bosses, uh, and I mean the very boss of Jim Hurd and all those guys, Jack Petrick and all, and all the guys that were, had the big boss, you know, like, you know, with the exception of Kip Fry, I think, I think it was his name, Kip Fry. Yeah. But they just noticed I'd been there a long time and I kept hearing, you know, well, he's been here a long time. Maybe he needs to go somewhere else and all that. The problem with that is that's fine to have that conversation, but there was nowhere to go. Right. You know, when it was WCW, I had already been to the only other show in town to where I could make that money. And, and, and it was, uh, Maybe he needs to get out of here. He's been here too long. Well, we came up with this deal to where I was going to be Dustin Rhodes' partner against Bunkhouse Buck, Terry Funk. You know, remember that angle, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, Jim came up to me, and he was dead serious. And he sat down beside me, and he, cr- he crossed his legs, and he leaned in. And, and I'd always been very respectful of Mr. Barnett from, you know, for – a number of reasons. And he just went, I hope that thing works out for you, Arn. And it was so serious. And it was almost like this may be your last chance because they don't see a lot in you. You're not flashy. You know, no one had realized that work rate mattered at that point. It was more about the bodies and the stories and the cartoon characters I don't think they realized what a guy like myself or Bobby Eaton, and I hate to just brag on myself, but you know, I was, I was a journeyman. I could go out and I could make guys yeah, just like Bobby Eaton, just like Brad Armstrong, you know, a lot of guys, you know, that you could make a match and make a guy and have a hell of a match with, with anybody. And I knew that when he said that to me, it was almost like, well, if this don't work, I don't know. It was sincere. It meant a lot to me, and uh, and I appreciated it. Let's talk about what's next for you here. After this Ole Anderson match uh, in Canton, Ohio, uh, you're going to be back uh, this time working in a tag scenario in Georgia. It's Bob Armstrong, Ole Anderson, and Stan Hansen on one side in Cleveland, Ohio, against Arn, Ted DiBiase, and the Spoiler. Boy, this is nothing but hall of fame guys. We've talked a lot about Bob. We've talked a lot about DiBiase. We've talked a little bit uh, about Ole. What can you tell us about Stan Hansen and the spoiler? Well, I never talked to the spoiler at all. Worked with him up obviously, which I don't even recall this match. Stan Hansen was a steamroller. He never drew a breath. He never got tired. He could just keep going. And he was over 300 pounds and rock solid. And I know Ole respected 
huge Stan Hansen. You know, he respected him just probably as much as anybody in the business. Right. So that, you know, he used him periodically, but having all those top guys in that match, man, you can imagine I was the rookie again and just in all of it, you know, I can imagine it was pretty good slug fest. Uh, next up is something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. We teased it very early when we first started our show. Uh, you told me the name of this tag team and I kind of forgot and it just tickled me. Uh, but it's June 4th, 1984. We're back in Birmingham for Southeastern championship wrestlings, uh, event in Birmingham at the Batwell auditorium. It's Arn Anderson and Jerry Stubbs. The tag straps are on the line and you lose them to Johnny rich and Tonga kid. And what was their name? Arn rat patrol. <laughs> what a name, Johnny rich, Scott Armstrong. There was three of them. That's right. The Tonga kid, young guys, girls loved them. Absolutely loved them. And they caught, you know, I think the Tonga kid was only 18 years old. Yeah. He's very at, young at this time. So, uh, we had a run with those guys that, you know, as the tag champions, we could now we would we would work it totally different from say Bob and and Ron the match right we would get two sets of heat on those guys and give them what they thought was in those days you very seldom would do that but we would go long enough get some heat on one give one a tag people thought we we're going home and almost immediately we cut him down too and it was like oh Jesus these older, more experienced guys have just got more experience. They've been champions for a long time. They're men, grown men, and these are kids. And that was the, uh, pretty much the way the audience felt about it, which gave us an immediate advantage on getting heat. And, uh, man, it was just a whole different dynamic working with those guys. And a very interesting story came from that. Um, so we had our run with them and I don't remember how long we worked with them, but one Sunday night we're sitting in the dressing room in Pensacola, which we were working there that night. And I don't know if it was Alpha or Sika. Wasn't sure. I don't know which one was the father of the Tonga kid. Do you know? Uh, let me, let me look real fast by chance. I can look it up. That doesn't really matter because the story wouldn't change if it was either one of them. But now they lived in Pensacola. Right. But they weren't working the territory. They working for New York. Right. One or the other, Offer Sika, and this is when they were at their scariest, brother. Sika and Offa were his uncle. His uncles. Okay, uncles. Hair was out to here. Now they're in their street clothes. One of them walks in to the locker room and he looks around and he comes right to me. Mr. Anderson, may I have a word in the bathroom? Or in the, I think he said in the shower. Uh, you know what that meant in those days? No. Well, you know about the Brody story. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're thinking this is going to be trouble. Or at least a fight. 
man, I have, I'm immediately racing thinking, God, did I hurt the kid? He's 18 years old. We were careful with him. Right. I don't think that we bumped him. I know we didn't bump him bad recklessly or anything like that, but I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? What have I done wrong? I mean, I, and to be honest with you, I was weak need because these guys are, they're at a different, different level of tough. Yeah. The Island boys. So I walked in and I'm thinking, oh shit. I hope somebody's listening out for this. If it gets too bad. Uh, and he stuck his hand out. He said, I just want you to know you've done a fabulous job with the kid. He got a call from New York. He has a starting date. 10 days from now or something. Wow. And we, we owe you. Thank you very much. Brother, I had to sit down. Yeah. Jesus, boy, did that go the other way from what I thought it was going to be. You thought you were about to be in a fight and now he's putting you over. Oh, at least, you know, I thought I was fixing to get creamed. Right. And, uh, and that's just how they are that. And that's how the business was in those days, because his, he went from like 600 a week, Conrad to his first check was like 3,500 WWE. Wow. And they knew that they worked there. They knew what that meant and they brought him in and, uh, they used him well. And I think they put him with Haku and, uh, it was just one of those stories that you went, man, but the business guys respected each other. They, you know, they took care of each other. It really was a family atmosphere in most places. And especially in Pensacola, that was part of the, what made it so special being down there a year and a half, things like that don't happen very often. And, uh, I just thought it was a really cool story. No, it is a cool story. And I'm glad you shared it with us. Um, but the rat patrol getting the win here, Johnny rich is Tonga kids tag team partner. I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with Tonga kid, but we don't know a ton about Johnny rich. What can you tell us about him? Well, you know, he went as Johnny rich, Tommy rich's cousin. And when Tommy was having his run, Johnny kind of came in and got in on the tail end of that. He's a, at this time, he was a really young, good looking, good looking baby face. And he sold tremendous, uh, I don't think he had a lot of success maybe outside of Pensacola and maybe Memphis and a couple smaller territories. Uh, I just remember wondering myself, you know, where he was going to pop up and he never did. So I don't know if it was an injury or whatever the deal was that got him out of the business. But at one time he was really, really good babyface. Well, that's going to do it for this next episode of Arn. We're going to be back next week to pick it up where we left off. Of course, after dropping the tag straps to the rat patrol, what a great name that was back in 84. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be going back to Georgia championship wrestling. He's going to be working with sweet sugar Brown. He's going to wrestle with Ron Garvin He's going to have a strap match. Actually a couple of them with Ole Anderson. Uh, he's finally going to get a one-on-one match with Tonga kid. And there is going to be another tag title shot for Arn and Jerry Stubbs coming up. Of course, more with the rat patrol and rarely, I mean, out of, out of nowhere, Mr. Olympia shows up to wrestle Arn Anderson, a lot of stuff coming your way soon, including a tape fist match, a stretcher match, a cage match, a four on three handicapped Texas tornado, st- Southern street fight and say that three times fast. 
and maybe most famously a mask versus a loser leaves town match. A lot of fun stuff coming down the pike here in the old territory experiment we're doing here on the show, dude. Do not let me forget next week. We need to cover meeting Mrs. Anderson. Oh, wow. Okay. Pat Rose being a roommate. Boris Zukov being a roommate. Okay. And all of the shenanigans that followed those occurrences. We got a lot of backstage uh, stories to tell that I think people will find amusing. Of all the people you could have roomed with, I never would have imagined Boris Zukov would make the list. Well, this is prior to Mrs. Anderson and I getting serious. Of course, once we got serious, all the roommates had to vamoose. I needed some privacy, but <laughs> there were some stories and Boris Zukov and Pat Rose, you're correct, are odd choices, but got to remember trying to save that money. Once Scott, you know, and that's a story too. remind me to tell that story about how he ended up leaving his own condo and moving back home. There was a definite reason for that. It's fascinating. Tell your friends about the, uh, the new angle on the show here, your favorite wrestling podcast, Arn. It's talking all about the territory days. We'll be back next week to pick up after Arn's loss as a tag champ to the rat patrol. Oh, and there's so much more fun stuff coming down the pike. I can't believe this is even a real thing, man. A, a mask versus a loser leaves town. That's kind of fun. And it's coming your way next week, right here on Arn. Love talking about my friend, Steven Singer, you know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest, the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. It makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. Check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to savewithconrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com, and it said this. Big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with First Family Mortgage. Jimmy was there anytime I had any questions. He was just a text message away. Saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel's saving a whole bunch of cash, and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. 
First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.